2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. We're in our last, last message of I was broke. Now I'm not. But again, I think I got it together. If, if <laughs> you want to be on the email list, email us at info at willamaxwell.org or secretary at newbeastgrove.org. Amen. Amen. All right, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 reads, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered, revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming back to take my boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Ooh, how many people know all you need is a little oil? Ooh, that's all you need in your life is just a little oil. Whatever you anointed in, just a little oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask just for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your son. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it on to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Lord, please help us bring a word for your people right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your great word. We thank you, Lord, that even though heaven and earth may pass away, your word shall not return unto you void. So that every time we have a problem, every time we have an ailment, every time we have an infirmity, every time we have a setback, every time we have a failure, every time we have a letdown, that we can just find ourselves in a scripture, we shall be liberated because your word is alive. And Lord, in the midst of this series, we're asking that you liberate our finances, that you liberate our businesses, that you liberate our entrepreneurial spirits, that you liberate our prosperity, that you liberate our finances, that you liberate and make and build wealth in our lives so that not only will we take care of us ourselves and our kids, but it shall take care of our kids' kids and our kids' kids' kids because we want a generational wealth to flow through our people. We thank you, God, for the good measure blessing, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We know that your son came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly, and we claim it right now in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that we shall never be broke again and that we shall walk in prosperity for the rest of our days. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. You take your seats. I want to speak to you from the subject, the recipe for a miracle. The recipe for a miracle. Again, we are continuing our series entitled, I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. In this series, we have been talking about what God's words God's Word teaches us about money and stewardship. We've talked about the important fact that God owns everything, answer the questions of what truly happens when we give, and recognize that God wants us and our money to be a part of his story. Today, in this final message of this series, I want to talk to you about a recipe for a miracle. I know many people in our church and in our community are in need of a financial miracle. 
And I believe this message has the power to transform your life. Most of us have experienced a time in our life where we've said it would take a miracle for me to get out of this mess. In fact, even though we are in, in this financial series, this message applies to any situation you are facing where you are desperate for God to show up. See, let's start with the great news. We know the author of miracles. His name is Jesus, right? He knows your story, right? He loves you, and he's still in the miracle working business. This is an amazing true story of a financial miracle. I believe we can learn so much from this story today. Let's look at the situation. Let's look at the situation and uncover the recipe for the financial miracle. God likes to show up in the midst of desperation. That's our first point for the ingredient, all right? Uh, the woman is desperate. That's number one. Desperate situation. See, how many people have been in a desperate situation? If you've been in a desperate situation, did you care how God blessed you? You didn't care if the person you hated gave you the money. You, you were like the man in Mark chapter 9 that had the boy with the epilepsy. Lord, any way you want to bless me, just bless me. My boy been thrown in the water and the fire. He can't get it right. However you want to bless me, bless me. Sometimes you have to be in a desperate situation because you always want, sometimes we want our, our, our blessing packaged in just the right boat. You ever, ever gave somebody a present and, they, and, and you know you, it's wrapped real good and, and they want to make sure they don't tear the wrapping paper up? And you're like, what you going to do, use it again? <laughs> And that's how we want it in our lives. Who cares how the gift God gives me is wrapped? I don't need the paper. I need the blessing. I don't care what my blessing is wrapped up in. I just need my blessing. And the problem is God keeps giving us answers and keeps showing us things, but we're looking for that good-looking wrapping paper of our miracle. Oh, it ain't wrapped just right. Oh, God, no, no, don't think God answered me. Because we're looking for it to be the way we feel it should be packaged. But let's read this. Verse 1 in chapter 4 of 2 Kings, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my... Two boys as his slave. Now, I ain't write this down, but I need to tell you this. I don't care how saved you are, until you really start trusting God with your finances, you're going to be broke. Huh? You can be saved, sanctified, have it all together, mad because Oprah got more money than you, mad because Tyler got more money than you, mad because all these people around you have more money than you, but until you start obeying God with your finances, you will be broke. He was a great man of God. He did a lot of things for God, but apparently he didn't take care of his finances. Huh? I know. That ain't going to help you. You better go save your money. Lord, I need a miracle. No, you need to stop buying every lace front you see. I, I know folks struggling to pay their rent, but they'll go get some hair. Can't pay the mortgage, but they'll go get some nails. 
and you're looking for a miracle. It was already in your pocket. Now it's on your head. Debt contributed to this situation. Did the husband really understand the, that the jeopardy he was placing his family in when he entered into the debt agreement? Did the husband believe that he was going to die prematurely? Can I tell you something? You don't know when you're going to die. Get your stuff together today, right? We may not be here tomorrow. I may not be here tomorrow. I may not even make it through this sermon. You never know when it's your time. He, he probably said, oh, yeah, I'll be all right, and put himself in an overextended situation and died and left his family broke. The debt directly impacted his family. What did the boys think? The wife was in a desperate and hopeless situation. Without any savings, widows were guaranteed, almost guaranteed poverty if their husband died. She lost her husband, and now she's facing losing her children. Can you imagine living in this dreadful situation? Do you feel you are in a hopeless situation? Take heart, because this story is about God's faithfulness. Number two, you got to seek God. You have to seek God. I didn't say seek a job. Although you do need to look for one if you don't have one. But you need to seek God so you can know what job to seek. You need to seek God before you seek your education so he can let you know what you need to major in. See, you know what the problem with the world is? The problem with the world is they only think preachers are called. They only think pastors are called. We're all called to do something. We all have a ministry. No matter what our ministry is in, you're called to do something. You may be called to be a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, but you're called because God wants you to be the salt of the earth. He wants you to change the flavor of the people around you. Why? Because you are the salt. You are there to change the flavor of things that need to be changed and preserve the flavor of things that need to be preserved. You are a change agent, and that's why God wants you planted in the world. The Bible says in Matthew, the field is the world, not the church. That's why so many church fight, because you think you coming in here for kingdom business. You coming in for the locker room so I can send you out into the workplace, into the marketplace, and make changes. God didn't put you here just to sit in this pew on Sunday morning and go home and do nothing on Monday. He sent you here to change the world. And it's hard to change it when you broke. It's hard to change it when you need to catch a ride with somebody else to get what God told you to be. He wants you to be blessed so you can have influence on the people. We was at the TDJ's conference, and, 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 and Denzel was talking about how he prayed and how he, he prayed. No, he didn't talk about it. Den, uh, uh, Bishop Jakes brought up that people said that he was more of a pastor than an actor on the set. And he would lead, every time they go to the movie set, they lead, he'd lead them in prayer. I wonder how that looked on training day. But he'd lead them in prayer. <laughs> I wonder how that looked. I didn't think about that. I wanted to ask that question so bad when he was asking questions, but I didn't want to ask him. But, but what I'm saying is, and he was like, he was like, how do you do that? Don't people resist? And just everything like, I don't understand. Like, no, they just do it. Now think about going to sit and do that. I'm a pastor for Newport News. I go want to lead prayer with some folk that ain't even thinking about God. 
That ain't going to happen. That ain't my platform. But God made him successful so that people wouldn't resist when he wanted to offer up prayer on a movie set in a worldly system. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. God wants you to be blessed so when you open your mouth, people will listen to you. Nobody listen to this broke widow lady. Anyway, when y'all ain't broke no more, y'all will say amen. But I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you there. We're going to get you there. Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 through 4 says, Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it on one side. See, when things are hopeless, it is easy to discount everything you have to zero. It's hard to see what you do have sometimes when you don't have anything in your mind. The widow said, your servant has nothing there at all except a little oil. She said she only had a little oil, but she actually had a lot more than that, right? She had a little oil, right? She also still had her two sons. They weren't taken by the creditor yet. She had some neighbors. She had access to the man of God. She was healthy enough to get to the man of God. She had a desperate situation. Desperation will cause people to be willing to do something they ordinarily would not have to do. See, let me tell you something. That's the problem with the middle class. The rich class are already rich. They good, right? The poor class, they in a different situation, so they ready to go. And so you got people like LeBron James coming from Akron, Ohio, growing up in poverty in a single family home, bring all his boys up, called in to work for him, makes more money in one game than some of us make our whole life. Because he was in a desperate situation. And sometimes we in the middle class, just mediocre, just keep our little mediocre life. That's why sometimes God causes things in your life to shake you up and make you to move. You thought it was the devil shaking you up. No, it was God shaking you up to put you in a situation where you understood that the only way you could get out of it was him. He did it to make sure you sought him. He, let, he shook the foundation around you. He allowed that friend to backstab you. He allowed that man to walk out of your life to put you in a desperate situation so that you would be able to lean on his unchanging hand and start leaning on your own thought. Some of you all have been Shaking up by God, blaming the devil, and the devil in hell crying, talking about it wasn't me. God will shake you up sometime and make sure that you hold on to him and stop holding on to your material things and stop holding on to relationships that's dead and stop holding on to careers that you know you should have changed years ago. See, if things appear hopeless, it's easy to discount everything to zero. But what do you have? You got direct access to God through God, through his prayer, through prayer and his word. Children, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, skills and education, faith. Can I tell you something? You, I, I, I'm going to tell you this story. It's a true story. You know, uh, it, it may not make sense to some of y'all, but it, it happened. My, my uncle used to let me borrow this Cadillac in and, and Albany. 
But I guess it was a, a force field around Albany because any time I tried to go outside of it, it would break down. As long as, long as I stay in Albany around the college, it worked, you know, like it had a shock collar on it or something. And I tried to drive it home two times and it broke down in the same place. And one time I could hear this rattling in the, and I heard this rattling and rattling and what had happened is the fan had come off because the belt had broken. And I looked around and I, what do I have? And I just need to get a mile to the exit because I had uh, um, some people riding with me and I didn't want to have to, us to have to walk to the exit or sit out there on the expressway and wait. You know, because, you know, I know, I know, I know we were free, uh, you know, in the 60s and stuff like that, but, you know, they, they still were kind of crazy in Albany, you know, in the 90s. So, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, going like this. You know, I'm just leaving it alone. But I was in the South. How about that? Y'all get that? All right, so, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and so I ain't have anything, but then I had some shoes with some long shoestrings. Y'all better watch out. I took the shoestrings. And I, and, I, and I put it around the, 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 the fan and, and tied a knot and, and used it as a belt. Car went for a good mile. We didn't make it all the way up the exit, but we made it to the exit. Then it said, and it fell off. Come on, somebody. If I can make it a mile with a shoestring holding the fan together, come on, somebody. God can work your life out with two fish and five loaves of bread if you sacrifice to him. God can do it with your $10 if you sacrifice to him. Give him that dollar out of your teen and watch him make it a good measure blessing. Press down, shake it together, and running over. Be faithful to God and he'll make resources that don't even make no sense. The lady said, all I got is a little bit of oil. But I want to change this sermon up a little bit. Can I tell you something? All you got is a little bit of oil. Oh, y'all don't hear me. It doesn't matter. Can, can you work a camera? That little bit of oil can make you some money. Because that's where your anointing at. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Can you bake a pie? All you got is a little bit of oil. But if you can cook it just right, God will make a blessing out of it. I'm tired of people walking around here broke, busted, and disgusted when God said, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, and all you're doing is walking around talking about all I got is a little bit of oil. Don't you remember the last miracle? Remember God got mad when the man with one talent buried it in the sand, and he said, why in the world did you not use my money to make more money? God is saying, also, why are you not using your gifts to be prosperous? Your gift will make room for you. You sitting at home looking for a job that you can't five and you got gifts down inside of you that you can birth the business out of you with. How dare you walk around here like you defeated when God has given you his word and his son. He told you you would do greater exploits than him and you walking around here meeting mouth looking like you ain't got nothing together. All she had was a little bit of oil but God blessed it. What little bit do you have in your house that God wants to use in your life to bless you and your family, but all you're doing is looking down on it? She looked down on that little bit of oil she had and said, I might as well just eat and die because my God has forsaken me. Can I talk to somebody right here, right now? Who cares if you don't have an office? If you have an apartment, you can start your business right there on the kitchen table. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody better ask Barry Gory where he made his first million dollars at. He made his first million dollars on the kitchen table, folding up records himself, making it in his house. Y'all better understand that you are making excuses when God has given you the power to obtain wealth. Three, three, number three, do what he says. Oh, that's a hard one. All you got to do is write D-O. That's all you got to do, but that's the hardest thing some of us do. Do what he says. Huh? Do what he says. It made no sense for me to leave my job where I made money, the same money I made here, and I was making all this money in real estate. It made no sense when I left. Everybody called me crazy. People were betting that I wasn't going to make it. He going to leave all this real estate money. He going to leave all these businesses. He going to leave all these things he do with these workshops. He going to leave all this on the table. Why? Because I did what God said do. And now God brought all the stuff that I gave up and brought it back to fruition right here in Newport News. But you know what he gave me? A good measure of blessing. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. I don't have to go to the internet to sell a house. Folk just like me because I preach now. Because I sought ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he added everything else to me. I ain't even got a sweat to sell a house. Because I did what he said. I like that. Do what he said. Look at y'all. Made it all big and stuff. Look at y'all. Bless your heart. Putting it all together. Y'all give a hand clap just to be doing it. Got it in the big old letters. (laughs) Do what he says. Do what he says. He he said, go in the house. He said, go get some pots. I I ain't got no money. Deacon Moore, if I go to you and I tell you I need some money and you tell me to go get some pots, if you want bigger than me, I'll hit you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Pastor, go get some pots. that met your tie. I know you got some money. And you telling me to go get some pots? It made no sense, but it doesn't have to make sense because God's ways are not your ways and his thoughts are not your thoughts. And he does what he want to do. And as long as you do what he says, it's going to work. And not only will it work, it's going to work in good measure. Press down. Shaking together and running over. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Do what he says. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jaws to her. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you got to shut the door. You got to stop tweeting all your moves before you make them. Sometimes I don't put a tweet out or Instagram out until I'm gone. Until it's already done. I've been practicing up six months later. They'll be like, I thought you was already doing that. I was, but I was in the embryonic stages, and I didn't need my haters to be able to come and, and make me abort my baby. Well, y'all don't hear me. You got to move in silence. Shut the door. <laughs> Nehemiah pulled everybody in to build a wall after he went by himself. 
I done told y'all this story a million times. I kept trying to go get to church and took the whole board and took all the deacons and all the trustees and all the king's men. <laughs> that what happened to Humpty Dumpty. Calling everybody. Call, call. I'm calling everybody. <laughs> I don't want to be Humpty Dumpty. I don't know where it came from, but I don't know what I'm sorry. <laughs> but seriously, I was calling everybody. And every time we went, somebody found something negative because that's what people do. It was funny. We walked right over. Remember we went to that building that was next door to the church? Walked to the building. And somebody said, well, how's the crime in this area? Negro, you right next door. So whatever crime going on over here is going on over there. Hide a crime. <laughs> he grow we next door. <laughs> Jesus. It's the same area. <laughs> oh, God. But what I'm saying, they found something, and God said, no, go by yourself. Go get trusty show. That's all you need right now. And we began and got everything together, and then God had already built it up, already had the momentum, and then... Boom! We got what we were looking for. But we had to shut the door in the beginning because everybody don't understand what God is telling you. They can't see what you see. They can't feel what you feel because the miracle was made for you and not for your neighbor. Asking all them neighbors for pots, Nobody said what you wanted for. They probably like, man, look, she about to lose her children, lose her house. All she wanted is a pot. It's better than her asking me for $2. Take this pot. He got everybody in. See, sometimes God will ask you to do something crazy. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, does it? So when God tells you to do something and you know it's God, who cares if it makes sense or not? Because his ways are not your ways, and his thoughts are not your thoughts. See, <laughs> can I say something? I'm sure her children listen to her. I mean, hey, man, I need you to go get some pots or be a slave. I'm, oh, um, well, any minute. Yeah, I think I'll go get some pots, Ma. We, we good. <laughs> the pots is better. Yeah, I seen Ruth, so I don't want to go back to that. No, I, I got you. I'm going to go get some pots. She, she, she listened. They went and got the jars. The neighbors helped provide them. You know why? God, after you shut the door, God will pull people into your sphere so they can, he can make sure he got some witnesses to see your miracle. See, God want to make sure that he got an audience in this and everybody be a part of what's going on in the miracle because he wants to show them that I can make a way out of no way. You saw how broke she was. Her husband died. Her kids about to get sold into slavery. And all she did was get some pots from you and I made a way out of no way. God is setting you up and letting you look crazy right now because you are his great publicity stunt. Because what's going on right now in your life, nobody think you're about to get out of it. Nobody think you're going to have a breakthrough. But when you have a breakthrough, everybody's going to be like, how in the world did she get out of this one right now? And you know what you're going to say, sister girl? You're going to say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be, but because 
because he made a way out of nowhere. I'm able to take care of my mortgage. I don't need a sugar daddy. I don't need anybody to take care of me. I ain't got to lay down at your house just to get my rent paid. I am a child of God, and he'll give me a good measure of blessing. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. The neighbors <clears throat> helped. She knew they were in jeopardy. Have you sought God's will <clears throat> for your life, for your marriage, for your children, for your business? Are you doing what he says or are you doing what you say? Are you using God's idea or are you using your idea? What would happen if the widow had sought God's guidance but refused to do what he said? Oh, some of us are some great prayer warriors, and we hear from God every day, but don't do nothing. What's the point of hearing God and not doing? Who cares if you're just a hearer of the word? I need you to be a doer of the word. You, I hate, you know what I hate about some churches? Some churches, you go to the same meeting over and over and over and over again, and they talk about the calendar, and they talk about what they're going to do, and they talk about what they're going to do, and they talk about what they're going to do, and they talk about what they're going to do, and they talk about what they're going to do, and never do nothing, but they're always talking about what they're going to do. I don't need you to talk about it. I need you to be about it. She did what God said. She didn't just hear it. She did it. If she didn't do what he said, she would have went into poverty. Her sons would have went into slavery. She would have sunk in complete despair. See, some might be able to relate to this situation. My challenge to you is to seek God and then do what he asks you to do. When we are faithful to do our part, he's always faithful to do his part. When we are faced with a desperate situation and we seek God, then do what he says, the result is a miracle. That's number four. A miracle. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 5 through 7 says, She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your son can live on what is left. Don't that get me, you excited? Can anyone testify to the fact that God provides exactly what we need right when we're ready to give up? Have you ever been ready to give up and God just showed up in your life? What happened here? She was faced with a desperate situation and she sought God. She gathered together the energy to do what he said. And God worked a miracle and literally put her in the oil business. Ain't that crazy? Two. Didn't have nothing but a little pot of oil, but God magnified it. Stop looking at your little bit and understand that God will magnify you. God is a magnifier. God is an increaser. Whatever in your life you have, he will increase it. Oh, let me, let me, let me. Second uh, Kings chapter 4 verse 7 says, I already said it, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons live off the worst. God provided enough. How much is enough for you? 
This is not about getting wealthy or having a bunch of stuff. God gave her more than enough. The widow asked for help to save her sons from slavery, and God did that, plus he provided enough for all three of them to live on. God fixes tough situations. Even, even when they are self-imposed, <laughs> even when it's your fault, girl, even when it's your fault, my dude, God will fix it for you when you ask. God is a great forgiver and provider. You think God don't forgive because you don't. You think God doesn't love unconditionally because we don't. I love you unconditionally, but if you do this, that's how we love unconditionally. God loves unconditionally anyway. God will still call you when you messed up. Some folk wondering in the world, how are you doing what you're doing today? Because they know how jacked up your life is. But God is a great forgiver and provider because he knows that the spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. He already know you couldn't do it on your own. If he knew you could do it on your own, he never would have walked up the way of Via Della Rosa. He never would have walked down 30 and 2 burning generation. He never would have let them put nails in his hands. He never would have let them stretch him wide. He never would have let them put the spear in his side. He never would have let them put the crown of thorns on his head. He never would have let them take his seamless robe and, and beard on it. He never would have let Pontius Pilate wash his hands and, and, hair, and, and, and the priest sitting to the cross. He never would have done it if you could have done it on your own. He knew you can do it on your own, so he did it for you. And that's why he ushered in grace. And some of y'all sitting at home worried because you broke, busted, and disgusted, and you sitting there uh, uh, grieving because you know your life is messed up. But can I tell you something right now? God will forgive you right now in the name of Jesus. Ask him for forgiveness and he'll forgive you. Ask him for forgiveness and come to Jesus and let Jesus fix your life. Stop trying to fix it yourself. Ain't it crazy how folks say, I'm going to get myself together, then go to God? You know what? My heart hurt. Hold up. Hold on. Give, give me, hey, baby, give me the knife. Let me cut. Let me, let me get my heart. Let me do my heart surgery and so I can go to the doctor. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I done broke my arm. Hey, give me that. Let me, let me make a splint and, and, and make sure it heals. Then I'm going to go to the doctor. Why in the world? If you ain't going to heal yourself, then go to the doctor. Why are you trying to get yourself together, then go to God? In fact, when you come to God, you're still not going to be perfect because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. Stop sitting there making excuses and talking about I'll come to Christ when I don't. I don't even want to give no example because there's too many. Everybody got an example and an excuse of why they're not coming to Jesus. But Jesus, oh, y'all don't hear me. Jesus will help you out of a desperate situation even when you put yourself there yourself. He wants to bless you. Anyway, I'm going to cut this right now. I got another sermon to preach. He last week only preached one time. <laughs> I was crunk, boy. I can't do all that now. I got one more to go. See, it's my prayer that this series has helped you in a real substantial way. I want you to know that as a leader of this church, that we are committed to helping you win in your life, not just for the church, because we need you to win individually so we can win collectively. We need to win collectively so you can win individually. We are all connected together, so I need you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed even if you don't go to my church, even if you listen to streaming, even if you hate me, I want you to be blessed because that's the way God made me. God made me. I hate when I see somebody walking unless they exercise. I hate when I see people have to catch the bus because I don't have enough money to get a, a, a car. I want you to be blessed abundantly because I know that's what my God wants for your life. 
Deacon Eden was saying, my goodness, it seemed like you way comfortable talking about money now. I should have already been comfortable because I know I'm rich because I tithe. I know I'm wealthy because I tithe. I know my business is going good because I tithe. And I know because I give to God what God asked me to give, he gives me back in good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. I want your life to be like my life. The good parts, anyway. You don't want all my life. <laughs> you do want the finances, though. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they want the credit score. Yeah, they want that, too. Good, good, good point. I appreciate your brother, Preacher Cameron, man. I, I thank you so much for coming from behind the scenes. I thank you. <laughs> See? I love you. Your generosity is incredible. You all gave. Other churches gave. That's how we was able to do the, the, the March Gospel Madness. They weren't free. You all did it. And we were able to bring a whole move of God right here to be the episode. Y'all so blessed. Y'all, do you understand that y'all had devil worshipers mad at us? And they were writing on my wall. And I started deleting. And I got to the point where I stopped deleting. I said, you know what? Let it stay up there. Because what it reminded me of is we done made the devil mad. When we said we won't let the devil steal our worship, if we can go down to Target. When we said we won't let the devil steal our worship, when we can go down to Walmart. When we said we won't let the devil steal our worship, when we can go to Bush Garden, when we said we ain't going to let the devil uh, mess up our worship, when we can go to the cigar lounge, when we said we can go to the hookah lounge, when we, we can do all these other things, we're going to go to church. Devil worshipers got mad and started saying they worship Satan and they can't block me. Facebook not doing their job, so they asked me to block them and I started blocking them. But then I said, why am I blocking you? Because God is reaching in darkness to pull you into the marvelous light. Why? Because of your giving, we were able to break up the pits. Y'all don't hear me. For openly that worship the devil was mad because even in the pandemic, we were standing strong. Even in the pandemic, you still took care of the homeless. Even in the pandemic, you still took care of the kids. Even when school went in, you kept them all day from 7 in the morning to 6.30 at night because you give. You still sent supplies to Kentucky. You still help people around the world. You still kept the clothing closet open. You still fed them on Mondays and Fridays at the Yellow House. You still helped people pay their rent. You still went and visited people in the jail cell. Because you had a little bit of oil, even in the midst of the pandemic, God made it a good measure blessing. Because you faithful. Because you faithful ministry never stopped here. We went and bought an LED screen because you kept tithing and giving. And we put it up and people came in the snow. Remember people outside in the snow? That's faithfulness. 
When God saw the faithfulness of New Bridge Grove, he's like, I don't care how many churches closed around the globe. This church ain't going nowhere because the people are faithful and the partners are faithful. Thank you, partners who've never stepped in New Bridge Grove that start sending money just because you see us online. I thank everybody that saw me at the conference that I didn't even know who you were. Thank you, New Bridge Grove, for what you do. I'm telling you, God said, all oh, you got is a little bit of oil, but he'll magnify it and bless your family and bless your friends and bless your children and bless your grandchildren and bless your great-great-grandchildren and bless everybody that's connected to you. There's a miracle in your money that's about to happen right now. Tell God, I want my overflow. I want my good measure blessing. Press down, shake it together and run it over. Walk in your blessing. See? Oh, I thought it would be great that at the end of this series that I thought about anybody who felt like they was in a desperate situation. Who need a miracle? Not just financially. Not just financially, but maybe it may be your health. Maybe it may be your children. Maybe it be Maybe your relationship. Maybe it's something spiritual. If you feel like you need a miracle right now, come to the altar. And God is going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. If you need a miracle, it doesn't have to be money. It could be your health. It doesn't have to be health. It could be your relationship. It doesn't matter what it is in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God. If... I thank you, God. Oh, we got somebody need a miracle. We got people that need miracles. I know. Come on down right now. Hallelujah. I'm believing God for your miracle. Whatever your miracle is, if you don't want to shout out loud, if you can shout out loud, shout out loud. If not, shout it to yourself in your mind. But you got to begin to decree and declare that it's already finished. You got to decree and declare that Jesus was already sacrificed before the foundation of the world to make sure you had this miracle in the name of Jesus. I'm believing God for your miracle. I'm believing God for your miracle. Oh, Shandida Bobo. Hey, 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 Shandida Bobo. Ah, 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 Sister Gloria, Sister Gloria, come here. Come here, come here. Shandida ah, Bobo. Come on, hey, come on, just cook. Now go this way, go this way. Hey, bring the oil, bring the oil, Reverend Walden. No, you just keep walking. Oh, I'm believing God for healing. I'm believing, oh, you got it. Just get it to her. Pray, pray over him right now for healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm believing God for your miracle. I'm believing God for your power. I'm believing God. Yes, yes, get the oil. Get some more oil and anoint, anoint everybody down here right now. It don't take but a little bit of oil. It don't take but a little bit of oil. It don't take but a little bit of oil. There's an anointing that's about to run in your life right now. God is about to release your finances. God is about to bind the spirits of infirmity in your health. God is about to take you to a new level in operation in your business right now in the name of Jesus. We break all spirits of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. We break all demonic spirits of sickness and disease and infirmity right now in the name of Jesus. We begin to open up minds. We begin to bind 
spirit of, of discontentment and, and, and confusion and low self-esteem and arrogance right now in the name of Jesus. We bring into, into captivity every thought that exalted itself against the thoughts of God. Right now in the name of Jesus, just a little bit of oil is going to set you free. Just a little bit of oil is going to fix your life. Just a little bit of oil is going to deliver you right now. All you need is a little bit of oil. That oil, that oil, that oil, that oil, that oil represents whatever breakthrough you need. The oil on her head is not the same as the oil on his head. The oil, she got to understand. See, the Bible says, up out of you, will flow, the spirit will flow like rivers of living water up out of you, which means the anointing takes the shape of the vessel it's in. And your anointing is not the same as everybody else, so stop looking around to see who's up here. Worry about your anointing. Even if your wife up here with you, don't worry about it unless you're up here to stand with her. Just worry about, don't even worry, just claim what God has for you right now. See, I shunned it above both shot. I'm gonna tell you, shunned it above both Oh Lord, I know it's right now. I feel it in the name of Jesus. I feel it in the name of Jesus. I feel it in the name of Jesus. I know some of us have not been faithful over the fast. I get it. But right now, in the name of Jesus, this is what I decree and declare right now. I decree and declare this week, this week, this week started Monday, started Monday through Saturday, no sugar, no sugar at all. It's a small thing to do, no sugar at all. Maybe you can put it in your coffee, but that's it, that's it, that's it. No cake, no M&Ms, no desserts. I don't care if you go to a party and it's just cupcake heaven. You can't have it because God wants us to be faithful over this. No sugar this week and watch God have the breakthrough. Make it to Saturday. God, it has a breakthrough for you. I don't care if the heathens are listening. I know they're talking about it right now because it doesn't make sense. It don't make sense. It don't have to make sense. It didn't make sense for her to go get jars. All God telling you now is leave the sugar alone. You know what? And maybe he's doing it because that's my biggest challenge. Because if I mess up, I done messed all y'all up. Help me. All right, Pastor A, don't be bringing me that sugar. We putting that stuff in my office. I don't want no M&Ms. If you got some cake with me this week, give it to somebody else and put it in the freezer. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm believing for the breakthrough in the name of Jesus. It is finished. It is done. Amen.